You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. Welcome back to Novel Bound. I'm Anna. And I'm Celine. And today, we're talking about weirdly specific tropes that we can't get enough of. (laughs) Okay, you have to give an example so that they understand what we're saying. Yes. Okay, example. I'll lay it right down for you. Imagine this. A beautiful girl in a ball in a, a ball gown in a ballroom having a dance and a guy who is her enemy but maybe her somewhat lover shows up and they have to dance with each other and there might be a knife held against one of their sides. I don't we don't know. They'll know though. Yes. Stuff like that. Give oh yeah, the tension like she right. has like a specific best friend helping her get ready in this dress. It's a little bit too much showing too much cleavage, but like mm-hmm. it's okay. She, you know, she's doing it for the sake of finding out X secret, you know, or for the, yep. the ambassadorship of what she's pledged to, to. Save the country or the world or whatever. So if you're into that, we've got books for these very specifically weird tropes. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. We literally aren't even making time for small talk because our nope. weirdly specific trope list is three pages long. It's Are we ready? Too long. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, go. Okay. I'll start. So. And I'll start with this one because it doesn't have to, we don't have to talk about it too long because we've talked about it before, but it's the fact of when love triangles, the characters in the love triangles exist only for the sake of being in the love triangle. Yes. Kind of like Gail, but also not at the end. Yeah. Not at the end. The end kind of just like blows up and you're like, wait, what? I honestly don't know what (laughs) happened at the end of Hunger Games. I literally am like super confused. Like I watched it again in the movie and I was like, oh, that's what happened. All I remember is being sad, and everyone mm. was kind of half sad dead. and upset, and there was not really like a resolution. But then there kind of was, but it didn't no. feel satisfying. No. Okay, back to that. Gail yes. was like awesome, but he didn't have a purpose, and I don't even think mm-hmm. Susan Collins wanted him to have a purpose. She was like, "Guys, be Team Katniss," and everyone's like, "But Gail's tall." Yeah, that's it. Tall and handsome. That's it. Honestly, though, <laughs> we're good with it. Um, yeah. Also, who else were we thinking of? Oh, Jacob, right? Yes, Jacob from Twilight. Because he kind of almost doesn't really have a purpose outside of being, like, the almost boyfriend, best friend to Bella. And slash... I hate to say it. Future lover of... (laughs) Her child. Child. Literally her child. Her vampire child. Sorry, if you haven't read Twilight (laughs) at this point, it's been 15 years. Yeah, you've had time. (laughs) We were young, and we read it, so it's fine. Um, okay, but weird tropes we do, like, okay, so that's one that we are in love, but I've seen it done well, like, the book series mm-hmm. that we're obsessed with right now, Black Witch, like, that love triangle is, like, a Chef's kiss. It's a chef's kiss. It's a full chef's kiss. It's a mm-hmm. chef's French kiss. That's what it is. Ooh. <laughs> Just tongue and everything. It's great. Okay, sorry. That was so... That's hilarious. <laughs> Okay, um, one thing that I absolutely love, though, is a magic academy of something. I love it when a protagonist yes. finds out that they have a specific power and they get to go to some form of an academy and learn something. So, Percy Jackson, love that. Oh, that was my favorite series for a long time. Yeah. I've read and it a lot. Obviously, Harry Potter. What about you? Duh. 
I do you remember reading these came out a long time ago and I don't even think I finished the series because there was like 10 books in the series the marked series no tell it's me like about the vampire it. it's kind of like a vampire I mean it is a vampire academy um and yeah. they get like the crescent moon on their head that's how they get <sighs> marked and become like a vampire I, I, I like can't quite remember wait Anna is this the series that you told me that you like ripped off to write your that like... I 100% ripped off of when I, I read this series when I was like 13 I think I was really young and I was like you know what I'm gonna write a book and I was like and my book's gonna be about and I was like I literally had the marked series like in front of me and I was like I can't call it marked what should I call it hmm stamped (laughs) and the series is about not about vampires about witches who get marks on their forehead when they come of age and get their powers and their powers just coincide the color of the element that they're with. So I basically rewrote marked except for way, way worse. I literally can't get over the word stamped. Like <laughs> the comedic timing. I literally was sitting there just like stamped. Like stamped. <laughs> mm, that's I, great. I should publishers for you guys and we can move on from this but the very first page is like I can't tell you much of the morning but what I can remember is there was a bald man just in raggedy clothes like he had money but not much of it what <laughs> does being bald make you ha- like what kind of description was that little baby Anna <laughs> little baby Anna just keep writing keep writing I want to know more you have to send it to me I need I rem- like Anna last night sent me a picture of this like crumpled up piece of paper with like blue it's ink like on it like an illegal pad yeah, and I was sitting there, and I was like, what is this? She's like, this is the this is my book that I wrote. Because I was sharing with her, like, some my nerdy book that I'm working on right now, and I'm just sitting there like, here's my hopes and dreams. Please don't, please don't crush them. Also, what should I do with this character? And Anna's like, oh, girl, you haven't seen nothing yet. Legal pad, blue ink, nope. crumpled paper, misspelled words. It's all there. It's beautiful. Out the galore. Every, like, every sentence there's a misspelled word. What was wrong with me? I love that. I love it. Okay, so some other favorite things that I have is when unforeseen events throw the characters together in a life or death situation and they fall into mm-hmm. slow burn love. Like, yes. Oh my gosh, there's that so many. That also goes of these. along with like the trapped in an elevator trope. Yes, yes, accurate. And a really good example of this, which I love, is Cress and Thorn, Captain Thorn from the Lunar Chronicles. I think mm-hmm. this is the third book where she. He, like, boards her ship or something, and they crash land to Earth, and they, like, crash land in this desert, and for a couple of days, they're just traveling, basically trying to keep each other alive, yes. and, like, they have to start caring about each other, and then from there, it's the slowest, except for Crest, like, off the bat, was like, I'm obsessed with you, I'll marry you and have your babies right now if you'd have me. <laughs> but it's a slow burn for Thorn. <laughs> Love it, though. <laughs> You're on fire tonight. Oh, my gosh. I love you. <laughs> Um, my other favorite book from that, or from that kind of trope is Not If I Save You First by Allie Carter. Um, Mm. I think I've talked about this before where, like, this girl is the daughter of the president's bodyguard, and she has actually been living in Alaska for, like, a decade, basically, with her dad, and the president's son gets sent to be guarded in Alaska, and all of a sudden, everything gets shot to heck, and the dad goes missing, and everyone else gets missing, and it's just her and him, and she's just been kidnapped by bodyguards, and she's trying to free herself, and he's trying to free him, her, but she's actually trying to free him at the same time, and they're stuck mm. in Alaska, and they are forced to stay the night in a cabin. Ooh. Oh. Two beds. Is it one of those, like, um, 
or one share bed. The bed. Two- like they have to share the bed and someone's like, no, I'll take the floor. You take the bed. And they're like, it's freezing. Just get in the bed with me. Yes. It's the perfect oh, point in the story because honestly, homegirls learned so much from her dad that she like has been able to like keep this little boy alive. Not little boy. He's older than her. But like he, he is no, no match for her skill. And so she's just like literally like created a splint, built a fire out of nothing, like used canned food. Like she's just done all this stuff. And they're wow. just chilling. And he's just sitting there like. So you've changed since the last time I met you? You're kind of cool. She's like, yeah, I am. It's great. You have to read that book. But the cabin part is, like, my favorite. I don't even know if they kissed then. I really hope they did. Gosh darn it. Wow. I it's literally... Go. Oh, I was saying, is it one of those things where, like, as you're reading, your, like, heart rate increases, and you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, yes, yes. And, like, everything that happens is, like, the perfect scenario you could have come up with yourself that just happens in this book, and you're like, Mm -hmm. this is so satisfying. This is, like, very similar to, I don't know where this came from, but it is honestly one of my weird, deep fantasies. Gosh, I should never Mm -hmm. have said that in that context, but. Now you have to follow through. When I was a teenager, I lived on the first floor of my house. And I just always wished that some boy would, like, knock on my window, like, the pure Taylor Swift song it would, and it'd be, like, raining, and I would open my window, Mm. and I'd be like, what are you doing here? He's like, I I wanted to see you. And then we would, like, hang out in my room, and we would, like, make out or something. I love Um, that. Where did this come from? Why did that never happen to me? I'm I'm sorry. Like, single forever? What? Oh, that makes me think of all the TikToks right now that are famous. They're just like, I just have to accept the fact that I'll never be able to run through a hallway in a ball gown as it's raining outside after someone chasing after me after there was just a misunderstanding. That will never happen to me. And it's like, I hate this place. I hate this place. I hate 2020 because you can't even let that happen. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you guys something crazy? So in Rexburg, which is where Anna and I met in this tiny, sweet, beautiful town, the college put on a Jane Austen Yule Ball every year okay did you go to one of those I didn't and I'm seriously sad I didn't I kid you not so I didn't go to one because I never thought to but now I'm like so many regrets but you dress up like you're a Jane Austen character the first hour they teach you all of the dances like for that no and then you spend the rest of the evening in character not like in character but like in And you dance the dances to, like, music, and it's, like, decorated, like, Jane Austen's I, that is, like, a dream. Yeah. Dream. Why didn't we ever do that? Honestly, though, it sounds really cool in our heads, but we would have showed up and it would have been, like, all the weird kids from school. It was, because my friend went, (laughs) and she was, like, thought it would be kind of, like, funny, and, like, I would be, like, first off, how dare you, because I am one of those nerdy kids. But, like, she came and, like, kind of tried to make lighthearted of it, because they didn't wear the Victorian time periods, they just wore, like, a really nice dress, and everyone was, like, giving them weird looks, and, like, when they, like, they, like, it was so funny, because everyone took it so seriously. Okay, if it's dedicated like that, I would love it. It it was. Like, honestly, we just have to get our husbands to be like, you, if you don't do this, I will literally kill you. Like, I will kill you. I've told Jalen so many times, I'm like, at at some point in our married lifetime, you have to throw me a masquerade ball, and it has to be the most serious magical thing ever. I have a mask Like, it has to be taken to the tens. I literally have a mask from Venice. Anna, I'm coming. Anna, I will yeah. plan this with Jalen. I have 50th. a mask from Venice, too. I'm like, it has to happen. Oh my gosh, our 50th birthday. That we will oh, somehow... happening. Yeah, 25 right years from now, books. we are literally doing it, because that's so far away, I don't think COVID can touch it. That, or like, nope. Jesus has come. I don't know. Either way. <laughs> okay, so, that's specific, and I love that with all of mm-hmm. my heart. Um, one other thing that I love is Victorian girl who wears pants. 
Give me a Victorian girl who wears pants mm-hmm. in a book. Give me a Victorian girl. Oh my gosh. I can just... I, I feel more at home reading books with Victorian girls than I do middle Same. school, high school girls. In fact, dude, I know I got old because I was trying to read A Date with Darcy. <laughs> By, I'm, I'm doing a palate cleanser from Black Witch because we've been reading some pretty dark stuff lately. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to read a high school modern book. And I started reading it and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, Anna, because they're in like high school and they're like sophomores. And she's like talking about how like, I wish boys would notice me. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, gosh darn it. You can't dumb you have superpowers. Girl, you dumb teenager. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, darn it, your problems don't evolve. I'm like aging out of high school romance because I feel kind of I am old. too. It's really sad. Like she said, because she I tried 15. reading. Oh like, gosh, that's sweet. young. That's young. Yeah, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I can understand 17, 18, but like 15, I'm like, oh, I can't read it. That's when it's like, oh, you sweet summer child. You yeah. sweet summer child. <laughs> it's how I feel about Ariel right now. Where like, if I yep. read like, or if I watch like The Little Mermaid, I'm like, honestly, I side with your dad on this. You need to sit down, crazy. Yep. Stop trying to get on the on land. You Chill don't out. need legs. Straight up, you got a little mermaid world. Like, calm down. Yeah, especially on this note. I, trope that I just have a hard time liking mm-hmm. is teenagers being smarter or like having to save adults. It's just not yes. realistic. It feels weird, especially yeah. when like we read like the apo- it, this happens oftentimes in like apocalyptic books where like they've yes. just like fought against the world and the dictators within the white and the pure white clothing and like <laughs> or right. whatever so misogynistic I, go. Yeah. Well, I just have like a tiny tangent to go on about this trope because Please do. A little bit ago, I read the series, or not the series, the first book, and the series called Unwind, and just, I finished the first book, and I was so scarred that I could not go on, and the reason I don't like it is because it's that trope, and the whole plot is freaking ridiculous and not even that realistic. You have to explain Can it. I read the back paragraph to you? I'm like... Read the whole thing. Give it to us, Anna. So I will. So... Burn if it. If any of you have read this whole series, tell me, please, does it get better? Okay. <laughs> Connor, Risa, and Lev are running for their lives. The second civil war was fought over reproductive rights. The chilling resolution, life is inviolable. From the moment of conception until age 13. Between the ages of 13 and 18, however, parents can have their child unwound, whereby all of the child's organs are transplanted into different recipients, so the life doesn't technically end. Connor is too difficult for his parents to control. Risa, a ward of the state, is not talented enough to be kept alive, and Lev is a tithe. A child conceived and raised to be unwound. Together, they may have a chance to escape and to survive. How horrible is that plot? What? Yeah. What? So it starts off with the main character, Connor, who is like, uh, I think he's 17, about to turn 18, and his parents are like, I've conceived you and given birth to you and loved you for 18 years, but you're just getting a little too difficult for me. I'm going to kill you and take all your body parts away and give them to other people. What? It's freaking horrible. It's so sad. And at the very end of the book, you like go through an unwinding, unwinding of a character and like you're experiencing it all. He's like, oh, and then my legs were taking and something felt weird. And then they take his like brain out and they like his consciousness. It's like... It scarred me for a life. And the plot is just so dumbly unrealistic because I think what happens next is that these kids, like, beat the government and change the system. But I'm like, who in their freaking right mind would you make know this a thing in the first you place? You know what series never made freaking sense to me was the Maze Runner. Yes. Like, it had a similar, like, kind of like you're out of body and you're like, I don't understand what's happening. What is yeah. happening? 
Like, especially at the end of every single book, you're just sitting there like, can someone just pause and explain I have way more questions than I started with. Every single time. In fact, mm-hmm. I think that's why he had to write the, the prequel for this. What's so funny is yeah. when one day, like, ask these people to come on and be like, can we interview you? Actually, I couldn't. I couldn't bring him on. Is it James Dashner? I, I think that's his name. I literally, like, I can't because I honestly don't understand his books. I finished the last book and I was like, I don't understand anything that has happened. Yes, 100%. Okay, so the next thing is I feel... Oh, I love this. So this is... We should do a nice one because we just kind of like hated okay. on this for like 10 minutes. Yeah, we did kind of hate <laughs> on this. Sorry. Mm, mm, okay. Protagonist chases down love interest to confess feelings after a misunderstanding. Hello, mm. Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm. Step up for us. Wilder books. <laughs> Ooh, there's a... I have like a list down here. What could it be? Ooh. Oh, Okay. Sorry. I just saw your list of all the boys, which is the fake relationship that turns real. And I just really want to jump to that really fast. Okay. So I have to like answer this because I had to come up with a book. It somewhat is kind of like Serpent and Dove because there's a huge misunderstanding. She runs away. And then the main character, he like goes to find her and then like saves her life in some way. He doesn't just casually find her. He doesn't like just chase her down the hallway. Like he literally has to go on like an entire voyage basically into this unknown in order to like save her. And she's dead, yeah. basically, the whole time. Just waiting for him to it's very save sad. her. Rock bottom. But you all know I like that, so. <laughs> Anna's like, bring me to rock bottom. This is where I love to live. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The Blue's Clues theme. Sometimes I say things, like. if my child is not listening or my husband is not listening, I will literally just <laughs> stupidly sing and so that they don't, like, like, so I don't yell. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, Mm, you're doing the dishes wrong, and that's okay, because I love you. Okay, anyway, so <laughs> I love that. Okay, let's talk about To All the Boys. <laughs> um, okay, so this is my favorite trope ever. It's a fake relationship that turns real. There are very, there are multiple, I honestly feel like if you guys were listening to this and you were thinking of other books, please give them to me, because I want all the books for this one. It's where two people have to have a relationship for very specific reasons, and they have to fake it, and then it suddenly turns real, but, like, one of the characters doesn't know that the other person cares about them, and then, and then they, like, confess, and it's like, mm. and then I'm screaming at two o'clock in the morning into my pillow because I can't say anything because Tanner's asleep, and then I call Anna by sending her, like, 25 mm-hmm. gifs, being like, do you know how excited I am <laughs> about this moment? Yeah, so to all the boys, what other ones? It's great. Ooh. I think so Serpent and Dove did that for, like, ten minutes. Oh, you know what? They totally did. Yeah. Because they had to get married to, like, save basically yes. both of their lives and his reputation. Oh, And then I it turned marriage. real and it was beautiful. I highly recommend marriage. It's okay. Great. Books that we are, are against, or weird tropes that we're against. All right. Ooh. Back new, to the list. New rules the author makes for the sake of a plot device and doesn't ever go back to it. Yes. Go into this. Well, I don't, I can't think of a specific example, so if you have one, let me know. But it's just, like, when, like, if an author was, like, um, like, uh, people are trying to leave somewhere, and they're, like, you can't leave there. There's, like, a ward around the whole area that makes it so you can't leave. Mm -hmm. And then, like, somehow another character leaves and comes through, and you're, like, wait, what? Sometimes I feel like that with, um, apparition. Oh, ooh, no. This is used in Harry Potter all the time, and it's super annoying because, 
Um, Harry, like, I mean, it makes sense sometimes, but it's, like, Harry mm-hmm. can't use magic and he gets in trouble for it all the time. But, like, what if, like, Ron did a spell on it? You know what I mean? I'm just sitting there, I'm like... Yeah. That yeah. is actually a really good point because I think I remember this, is that the Ministry can't detect who the magic comes from. They just detect the area. So, I'm like, if Ron is at home with his wizard family and does mm-hmm. magic, like, it's not like they can trace it back to him. That's how yeah. it was described, at least. Also, I'm going to just add this. In the movies, Harry does magic, I think, at the beginning of the third movie. Like, <laughs> Lumos, the spell. It doesn't happen in the book. Doesn't yeah. happen in the book. <laughs> JK so, would the books never. are accurate. <laughs> can we make that into a, a coin phrase? JK would never. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It. I love it. Okay, and then also, yes. I think... One thing about we're going. I'm going back to the teenagers being smarter, having to save mm-hmm. adults. I feel like that's in every dystopian show or movie. It is. Like I hate that because I feel like here's the deal. Out of every single human being in the freaking world, and don't get me wrong, like I get you're the main character, but I love it when there's like actual adults who can like give you. Even in Harry Potter, like they have yeah. like Mrs. Weasley you need and mentors. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like it's and I think that's one thing that dystopian novels really miss out on. And I've read so many where you're just sitting there like, could we just have them not be the rulers of this world? They're like twelve and mm-hmm. they don't know which boy they want to choose. Like, if they can't yeah. decide that, how can they decide what's right for the right? country? And even along with that, I'm like. I get that it's for the plot purposes. This is me just, like, nitpicking. But I'm like, so why is the government so evil? I don't believe that, like, Why is the government always very specifically happen? evil? And why is, yeah. in every single movie, it's depicted as this, like, super white, like, world where, like, everything is white and every... Like, does that make sense? Like, it's so specific. Now... Yeah. Like, Star Wars is a good example. Yes. Here, it's, like, black... Though... Like, it's very black and white, literally and metaphorically. Yes. 100%. Oh. It's the weirdest. Oh, here's another weird trope I don't love. Stereotypical funny slash fat best friend. I don't understand why they make these, like, flat characters. And this is how, if anyone's like, how do you get rid of these tropes? This is the biggest one. Mm-hmm. You have to make the characters change from the beginning to the end. That's it. So, like, the, the stereotypical friend could be funny. But also, like, give them a problem. And that by the end of the book, they've solved it. So, whether yeah. it, like, give them something that they want. And then they have to change a little bit, too. And it's very hard in writing to do that, especially when you have, like, when you're writing a shorter novel. But, like, that's one of the things we loved about Black Witch is that there were so many different characters that had very different arcs. Like, Diana had, like, a specific arc that she went through, and so did the brothers and stuff like that. Like, and I think, like, if anyone's like, well, how does this do? If you want the love interest to not be a plot device, give them a literal, like, a need and then have them accomplish it. Like, that's... yeah. And I and it's and we want that as readers. We want everything to feel three dimensional. How mm-hmm. else are we supposed to escape from reality into these books? Come on. Yeah. Oh, there's a book series that that trope totally happens, uh-huh. and I'm so sad I cannot think of it. It's this girl who is like super goth, and this family moves to her town, and she finds out that they're vampires, and they have a son who's 17, and they obviously fall in love. <laughs> it's so tropey. It's and I read it probably right after Twilight. Oh, oh, I, I thought you were bit. talking about Twilight. I literally was like, Anna, are you being sarcastic right now? <laughs> no, that's how tropey this is. But this girl is so goth. Wait. But she has a best friend that, like, is, like, a lot of exposition to describe who she is and, like, how she goes about her day. And then as soon as she meets this guy, the best friend, like, literally, where did she go? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. We need to do an episode sometime where we're just, like, reading the backs of books and then trying to predict what happens at the end of them. <laughs> 
Which that would be we like do. Glorious. We do. That, that would be hilarious. Wait, I actually want to predict the ending to the 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 weird they split up your body because of reproduction thing. Oh, okay. Also, do it. Where did the author come up with that idea? That's, That's my a horrible question. idea, That's right? A very, like if someone said that or pitched that to me, I'd be like, ooh. Mm-hmm. What? There's yeah. this book that I read by Suzanne Young. Have you ever heard of her? Yes. And she wrote something about, like, how these kids were committing suicide. Ooh. Um, she wrote The Epidemic. The program, the treatment, the remedy, mm-hmm. the epidemic, the adjustment, yep. the Yeah, and it starts off, and she's, like, in a cell, and then she meets this guy. Yeah. Yes. And, honestly, that is the only book that I've been able to read about something where, um... How do I explain it? It reminds me of a few different tropes, and I feel like they do things really well. The stereotypical friend Mm -hmm. is done well, and the love interest is done well. I also love it, honestly, and they do this in Obsidio, which I love that book. It, the ex-boyfriend that, like, they get back together. I love that, because they have history, and it doesn't feel fake. Yeah, that doesn't happen a lot with books I read. Like, once a relationship ends, it ends, and they move on. Yes, I love that. Okay, what do you think about, let's see. Oh, I also had to mention. Go. It's a character trope. The, um, like, a millionaire millionaire or a know-it-all. So you don't have to explain where they're getting the things. Or, like, a good example is Hermione being a know-it-all or, like, a book nerd. So that she can explain all the disposition and, like, certain things from the wizarding world. And it wouldn't be weird because you think to yourself, she's probably read it in a book. Yes. So, like, Mm -hmm. just to explain further, one of the things that we absolutely love, and we talked about this in depth, is basically um, in order to solve a problem where the character, like, where the reader doesn't have to think, like, how can they afford to do all of these things? Or Mm -hmm. how do they just know how to do all this stuff? They introduce a character that's either, like, a millionaire and has a bunch of money that can get them into this. Or, like, for example, Hermione's a bookworm. So it's like a... I, it's a plot device that we, not plot device, but a character trope we love is that yeah. we don't have to think, it just exists. It's kind of, like, my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. But, let's I see. Um, I cannot believe the Unwind series. I honestly, like, did not expect that to come out. I'm literally Doesn't it already, like, scar you and you haven't even read it? Yeah, it was honestly. scarring. And I, I'm, like, going to get more into it because now I'm on a tangent about it. <laughs> At the very end, the bully, the guy who's kind of the bully is the one who gets unwound. And the main character, who's the hero, like, something horrible happens and this place builds up and they go to save his life and he comes out of surgery with a new arm and it has the tattoo of the bully, so he has the bully's arm. How horrible is that? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Does the bully, like, full on die, though? Uh, he just gets unwound. So, like, throughout the whole process, he's like, I don't understand what's happening. They took my, like, he's, he could see the nurses and them, like, working, and then he's like, and then they take my eyes, and I can't see anything, but I can feel. And then they take my feeling, and then, like, it's so, it put me in an existential crisis that I put the book down, and I was like, no, 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 no. No, no. You know what book I have not been able to finish? I, we really do need to do an episode of, like, do not finish reads, but honestly, like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, we've done, we did our... I don't even know. How long have we been recording? Yeah, we're only at 27 minutes. Let's do some DNFs. This is like a, this yeah. is the episode where we just witch about crap for like 30 yep. minutes. <laughs> we just, for it. We just hate a little bit. <laughs> um, I don't love it when they have weird, I think we talked about this earlier, like weird governments that are like patriarchies. And like, here's the deal. I get it. You need a common villain. You need a complicated villain. Mm-hmm. But it just is like, I have to, I have to like suppress the, how do I say this? 
it's hard for me to accept that a government institution is like purely evil and that there's no yeah. care does that make sense like it doesn't make complete sense to me because i think the- it could never happen in real life there's too many good people in the world yes oh sorry just drop something you're fine i also feel like suzanne collins does this kind of well though because it explains a lot it was hard at first like the whole like um so we warred against each other and now they killed the children i'm kind of like mm-hmm. okay living a little bit i'm believing that but cool yeah but I think, like, President Snow's book, um, I think, is going to explain that a lot more in depth as to yeah. like, how it got there and stuff. But I think, like, they... I think so, too. I think she defended that government and, the way, like, why people think the way they do so well that it worked, but I've never seen it used in any other situation. Oh, except either. for in Marie Lu's Legend series. Oh, with Day yeah, yeah. And June. Mm-hmm. That one's really good. But even, like, that one worked well, but I think it only worked well because the characters, I, like, liked them too much to think about, mm-hmm. like, the government problems. Because if yeah. you really think about it, I'm like, these two 15-year-olds, and they, I think they're, like, 15, 16-year-olds, Yeah, really, they're the ones that are going to start this revolution against the government? How nobody else has thought to do this? Yes. Like, how did you even get here in the first place? Oh my gosh, the phrase is suspend disbelief. That's what it is. A lot of these, yes. a lot of those tropes are making me just have to suspend disbelief that I just, like, cannot sometimes do. And I just, it makes me just cringe, but I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. accept it for the point of the book. And so if the characters yeah. are good, I'll believe it, but if, if it doesn't carry me through the first, like, 20 pages, I'm like, I can't. I'm so sorry. I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, can I talk about another book like that? That, yes. like, it's not quite like that, but it's, like, the mm-hmm. suspend disbelief thing again. Yes. Oh, and I have to give, like, somewhat, like, of a explanation about what this book is. <laughs> um, It's called Serafina, and okay. it's about this girl who works, and you know what? I'm going to get the book out, and I'm just going to give it to you. Get it, Anna. It's Anna. Right, right here. <laughs> I got it right here on my bookshelf as I, like hit my microphone eight times and you can hear like that. We're so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Okay, so it's called Serafina and here's the back cover. It says, Can one girl unite two worlds? In the kingdom of Gored, dragons and humans live and work side by side, but below the surface, tensions and hostilities are on the rise. The newest member of Gored's royal court, a uniquely gifted musician named Serafina, holds a deep secret of her own, one that she guards with all of her being. When a member of the royal family is brutally murdered, Serafina is drawn into the investigation alongside the dangerously perceptive and dashing Prince Lucian. But as the two uncover a sinister plot to destroy the wavering peace of the kingdom, Serafina's struggle to protect her secret becomes increasingly difficult, whilst its discovery could mean her very life. Okay, so I'm kind of going to give it away. She's obviously, like, a dragon, but she's hiding it from people. (laughs) And, (laughs) sorry, because here's the problem. And there's definitely, like, a love arc between her and Lucian. Um, But so she's working in the palace to train the princess um, on, like, piano or something. It doesn't really Mm. matter. Um, So she's really close friends (laughs) with the princess. I just have to get to the part that bugs me. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Exposition dump. (laughs) And I do remember really liking this book, so check it out. It's good. But. (laughs) Um, Okay. So there's, like, this really cute slow burn love with her and Lucian, and she's got her friend who's the princess, but Lucian is engaged to the princess. They're, like, cousins, but because this is set in, like, really old Victorian times, it's kind of okay. 
And Lucien is like, we can make it work with each other, even though I might have to marry her. And she's like, I totally understand. And then out of freaking nowhere in the last book, like when there's only 30 pages left, the princess is like, I have feelings too. And Seraphine is like, oh no, you like Lucien? And she's like, no, I like you. And I'm like, what the heck? It literally, literally comes out of nowhere. I'm like, I don't really have a problem with that stuff. It's just the fact that it came out of nowhere. And she was like, yeah, we can be a thruple. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> there was never any, like, build up to their relationship. It came out of nowhere. And Wait, so the, I guess girl, the girl, was, the dragon was cool with being a thruple? Yeah. And it doesn't even explain it that well. She's just like, this is just our new dynamic. I love Lucian. Lucian loves her. She loves me. And I kind of love her as a friend. Maybe more. I don't know. And then that's it. I don't know. <laughs> so that's my like yeah that's my example with I can't even remember whatever you just said. <laughs> that's another thing. That's the thing I hate is when they give you like 12, 12 pages to like to sum accept. it all up. Like yep. I remember like every time that I like something crazy happens, I'm like looking at the page count and I'm saying like how are you going to wrap this up, buddy? How are you going to make this feel better? Come on. <laughs> my fa- the thing that kills my soul is when authors are like way pretentious and they're and like they're like, "You know what? Not everything has to be happy." You know what? Ugh. Y'all have something uh, to learn AKA here. AKA the Red Queen series. Victoria Aveyard. I'm looking at you. <laughs> Fix us. Fix it. Yep. Give us another book, please. Or, like, yeah. just someone recommend us a fan fiction that we can read that fills <gasps> the gap and Honestly, lets our heart heal. <laughs> I would need that. Also, let's get back on the Victoria Aveyard. Literally... Maven could have had so much more potential, I feel. I know. His art could have been so good. Yes. I mean, he did kill some babies. So, like, just stop before he kills the babies. Don't, like, totally Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, go back <gasps> to that. Undo it. Oh, this feels very Star Wars-y. Mm. This feels very Star Wars-y. It does feel Star Wars-y now that you very, say it. Yeah. Anyways, he Anakin Sky- He Anakin. I don't know how else to explain this. Literally, I just feel like Maven could have had hope. His soul was still worth saving. And then, in the last book, obviously, Homegirl had to be like, his soul ain't worth saving anymore. I mean, he was no. literally the worst. And he kind of turned whiny. Yeah. And I, then she put us in his head. And I didn't want to be in his head. I was like, get me out. This is freaking weird. The thing is, is like, I think that there, I love characters' perspectives where you get to jump into people's different brains. But, like, I didn't yeah. want to be in his brain. I, I just, I just read a really good, um, okay, so, I just have to admit, I read Webtoons, which if you know what that is, there's some good ones, so don't come for me. <laughs> but I just finished a series called Siren's Lament, and it's this big, long series, and it was really good, um, but at the end of the series, the main villain is, like, having her come-to moment, and I, what I don't like is when, like, villains do something horribly unforgiving, and then they, yes. like, have their come-to moment and get saved, and I'm like, no, 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 they... They have, they're unredeemable now. You can't redeem them. Yeah. But the way that the, the author of this series did it is that she had, she did something horrible, had her come to a moment and then sacrificed herself to, to like undo her unforgivable moment. And I'm like, that is the right way to do it. You have to sacrifice the villain if they want to be redeemable. If, if the, yeah, it's like either like they got, I don't know. I feel like I just got to have like tied ends. I want my Mm -hmm. ends tied. Yes. Conclude me. With a bow. And a happy smile. A pink glittery bow. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It just sucks. It just, when you, especially when you read 4,000 pages and then you just get to the point where you're just like, what? What? Yeah. You just need a little more. 
Can yeah. I bring up a trope I don't like and maybe an example that yes. I might have, like, hate for this because I've already brought up this book and that I don't love it, but I'm going to no. do it again anyway. I'm so sorry It's the to everyone. Perfect... <laughs> it's the perfect girl who thinks she's ugly has to pick between two, like, insanely gorgeous, like, perfect guys. Yes. And the trope is that at the very beginning of the <clears throat> Throne of Glass series. <clears throat> Selena. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to burn in hell for this. There is, like, a place in hell for us. Everyone's like, or J-Moss, okay. the queen. To preface, though, someone messaged me after we released the other episode where I said I couldn't finish it, I couldn't get into it, and they said that the books are supposed to age with the reader. So, like, the first book is supposed to be, you know, like, you read maybe when you're 15, and then the yeah. subsequent books age with the reader. So, I'm, I'm giving them a shot. That explains the occurrence of sex scenes as they get older, so. For real, though. They're like, real. you're 19, you know, so therefore more sex. Go. Here you go. Welcome to the world. <laughs> Learn things. Go. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Honestly, though, preface, though, don't ever take anything seriously that happens, like, sex scenes that happens in books. It's not realistic at all. I... Welcome my, like, teenage little girls who are listening to this thinking they, like, know what's going to be up after they read these scenes. The, like, girl who's babysitting me, babysitting for my kid right now is, like, listening to this because I was like, you can listen to my podcast. She's sitting there like, okay, taking notes. Sex scenes are not good tips. Honestly, though, sex scenes from any TV show, I literally am sitting there, like, watching it, not watching it. I'm like, ooh, that's that's a good tip. Her leg should go, you know. No, we don't do that. But I literally feel like the, like, TV portrays these, like, very unrealistic things. And same thing with, So like, unrealistic. I don't know about Sarah J. Boss's books. I haven't read any of them, but all I know is that there's just a, I just sit there and I'm like, why, where is these people's drives coming I from? I think there's, like, okay, if I remember right, I read this in review, so don't come for me if this is wrong. But I think there's a scene where they're traveling in the woods and they're all, like, just sleeping in the same camp and she's in a tent and she, like, has sex with her guy and I'm like, no, 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 no. Literally everybody would hear that. Everybody would hear that. <laughs> yes. So what? Like, my, I would die inside. I don't even, when people come and visit me, I don't, I don't do anything. I literally am like, what if you heard something? Like, I would be scarred. Right? I go to sleep yeah. with, like, headphones on when I stay at people's houses because I am just such a prude. You can't chance that. You can't take that risk. No, I never want, I want to be able to eat breakfast the next day and make full eye contact with you. Just being like, hey, <laughs> you're safe here. Nothing happened. You're okay. Like, here's your breakfast, sweet angel child. Whoever don't you, you worry are. about a thing. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyways, weird tangent, tangent, but yeah, just sex. You know, they're not accurate, <laughs> in books at least. No. Except for, okay, I do have to shout out the Black Witch series, because <laughs> my girl Lori Forrest wrote the sweetest, cutest little scene, and I feel like it's what everyone's first time should have been like. <laughs> yes, yes. I can't say anything more than that, because my mom was I like, know, I can't how deeply did you read this scene? <laughs> Let's just say, Lori... Lori should just teach sexual sex education. She should be like, okay, yeah. boys and girls, this is the proper way for a first time to be. Good job. Okay. I'm sorry for all my family who has to listen to this. <laughs> I'm still an innocent person. Don't look at me different. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, okay. Weird tropes. Back I to tropes. <laughs> Back to tropes. Um, I love villain to hero. This has been, the only mm-hmm. way I can explain this, and if you find another book like this, guys, send it to me, is, um, like the Kylo Ren, which is pretty good. Like, how the crap did yeah. he come back after killing his dad? That's pretty dang awesome. And to go back, why he was so redeemable is because he sacrificed himself. Yes. And he and Daisy Ridley, whoops, that's not, he and 
Ren. Ray. Ren had Ray? that kiss. Ooh, Ray. Sorry. Ray. Yeah. He and Ray had that I was that, feeling like, the kiss, too. Some people didn't like it, but I was here for it. I was, like, I was willing to just, like, simmer in that for a minute. Like, we were in the mm-hmm. theater, and I was like, honestly, you know, I could get that. It's, like, Christmas yeah. Day, and I'm sitting there like, yeah, this is cool. Um, But also, Steve Harrington from Stranger Things, like, the way that he was, like, the villain, and then suddenly, mm-hmm. like... Now he's, like, everyone's dad. Like, you know, I'm cool with that. I, I love it when a villain is taken to a hero. Like, give yeah, that to me and, and go ahead. Kind of a good example, because he's still kind of an anti-hero, but it's kind of the greater good, is um, Kaz Brecker from Six oh, of Crows. yeah. He's just he's an anti-hero for sure, and he, he, de- he has, like, his weird ways and, like, rough ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. But, like, he did get that drug, and he basically saved the world from that drug that was yeah. going to overtake everyone. So, like, he can understand the greater good. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so, this was literally so much fun. I love watching about books and just discussing them. It was great. It was magical. Um, Next week, we are doing... Well, actually, we're going to start releasing episodes pretty soon, two a week, so that you guys can have more awkwardness to listen to so you can listen to us more <laughs> yes um if you guys want to leave us a review follow us on instagram dm us your thoughts please give us book recommendations because we're both in like the deepest book slump right now we like yes cannot pull ourselves we read black witch and it was so good that we literally like we can't we can't leave it's ruined other books for us it really has so if you have any recommendations please send them our way we would love yeah them. and especially to like tropes like more tropes that you like or don't like send it our way and yeah yeah and new books we talked about if you have the same feelings if you feel differently we just want to hear your opinion about literally everything please talk to us we love you please okay please be our friend talk to you next week okay <laughs> see bye. you guys later bye you're listening to novel bound a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. 